Part three of the Saga of the Greenlanders, author unknown, translated by Arthur Middleton Reeves, eighteen fifty six to eighteen ninety one. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part three of the Wineland Voyages of Torfinn and his Companions. That same summer, a ship came from Norway to Greenland. The skipper's name was Torfinn Karlsefni. He was a son of Tord Horsehead and a grandson of Snorri, the son of Tord of Holdi. Torfinn Karlsefni, who was a very wealthy man, passed the winter at Brattahild with Leif Eriksson. He very soon set his heart upon Gudrid and sought her hand in marriage. She referred him to Leif for her answer and was subsequently betrothed to him, and their marriage was celebrated that same winter. A renewed discussion arose concerning a Wineland voyage, and the folk urged Karlsefni to make the venture, Gudrid joining with the others. He determined to undertake the voyage, and assembled a company of sixty men and five women, and entered into an agreement with his shipmates that they should each share equally in all the spoils of the enterprise. They took with them all kinds of cattle, as it was their intention to settle the country if they could. Karlsefni asked Leif for the house in Wineland, and he replied that he would lend it, but not give it. They sailed out to sea with the ship, and arrived safe and sound at Leif's booths, and carried their hammocks ashore there. They were soon provided with an abundant and goodly supply of food, for a whale of good size and quality was driven ashore there, and they secured it and flensed it, and had then no lack of provisions. The cattle were turned out upon the land, and the males soon became very restless and vicious. They had brought a bull with them. Karlsefni caused trees to be felled, and to be hewed into timbers, wherewith to load his ship, and the wood was placed upon a cliff to dry. They gathered somewhat of all of the valuable products of the land, grapes and all kinds of game and fish, and other good things. In the summer succeeding the first winter, Skrellings were discovered. A great troop of men came forth from out of the woods. The cattle were hard by, and the bull began to bellow and roar with a great noise, whereat the Skrellings were frightened and ran away, with their packs wherein were grey furs, sables, and all kinds of peltries. They fled towards Karlsefni's dwelling, and sought to effect an entrance into the house, but Karlsefni caused the doors to be defended against them. Neither people could understand the other's language. The Skrellings put down their bundles then and loosed them, and offered their wares for barter, and were especially anxious to exchange these for weapons. But Karlsefni forbade his men to sell their weapons, and taking counsel with himself he bade the women carry out milk to the Skrellings, which they no sooner saw than they wanted to buy it and nothing else. Now the outcome of the Skrellings' trading was that they carried their wares away in their stomachs, while they left their packs and peltries behind with Karlsefni and his companions, and having accomplished this exchange, they went away. Now it is to be told that Karlsefni caused a strong wooden palisade to be constructed, and set up around the house. It was at this time that Gudrid, Karlsefni's wife, gave birth to a male child, and the boy was called Snorri. In the early part of the second winter the Skrellings came to them again, and these were now much more numerous than before, and brought with them the same wares as at first. Then said Karlsefni to the women, 
do you carry out now the same food which proved so profitable before and naught else when they saw this they cast their packs in over the palisade gudrid was sitting within in the doorway beside the cradle of her infant son snorri when a shadow fell upon the door and a woman in a black nam kirtle entered she was short in stature and wore a fillet about her head her hair was of a light chestnut colour and she was pale of hue and so big-eyed that never before had eyes so large been seen in a human skull she went up to where gudrid was seated and said what is thy name my name is gudrid but what is thy name my name is gudrid says she the housewife gudrid motioned her with her hand to a seat beside her but it so happened that at that very instant gudrid heard a great crash whereupon the woman vanished and at that same moment one of the skrellings who had tried to seize their weapons was killed by one of karlsefni's followers at this the skrellings fled precipitately leaving their garments and wares behind them and not a soul save gudrid alone beheld this woman now we must needs take counsel together says karlsefni for that i believe they will visit us a third time in great numbers and attack us let us now adopt this plan ten of our number shall go out upon the cape and show themselves there while the remainder of our company shall go into the woods and hew a clearing for our cattle when the troop approaches them from the forest we will also take our bull and let him go in advance of us the lay of the land was such that the proposed meeting-place had the lake upon the one side and the forest upon the other karlsefni's advice was now carried into execution the skrellings advanced to the spot which karlsefni had selected for the encounter and a battle was fought there in which great numbers of the band of the skrellings were slain there was one man among the skrellings of large size and fine bearing whom karlsefni concluded must be their chief one of the skrellings picked up an axe and having looked at it for a time he brandished it about one of his companions and hewed at him and on the instant the man fell dead thereupon the big man seized the axe and after examining it for a moment he hurled it as far as he could out into the sea then they fled helter-skelter into the woods and thus their intercourse came to an end karlsefni and his party remained there throughout the winter but in the spring karlsefni announced that he was not minded to remain there longer but would return to greenland they now made ready for the voyage and carried away with them much booty and vines and grapes and peltries they sailed out upon the high seas and brought their ships safely to ericsfirth where they remained during the winter freydis causes the brothers to be put to death there was now much talk anew about a wineland voyage for this was reckoned both a profitable and an honourable enterprise the same summer that karlsefni arrived from wineland a ship from norway arrived in greenland the ship was commanded by two brothers helgi and finbogi who passed the winter in greenland they were descended from an icelandic family of the east firths it is now to be added that freydis eric's daughter set out from her home at gardar and waited upon the brothers helgi and finbogi and invited them to sail with their vessel to wineland and to share with her equally all of the good things which they might succeed in obtaining there to this they agreed and she departed thence to visit her brother leif and ask him to give her the house which he had caused to be erected in wineland 
but he made her the same answer as that which he had given karlsefni saying that he would lend the house but not give it it was stipulated between karlsefni and freydis that each should have on shipboard thirty able-bodied men besides the women but freydis immediately violated this compact by concealing five men more than this number and this the brothers did not discover before they arrived in wineland they now put out to sea having agreed beforehand that they would sail in company if possible and although they were not far apart from each other the brothers arrived somewhat in advance and carried their belongings up to leif's house now when freydis arrived her ship was discharged and the baggage carried up to the house whereupon freydis exclaimed why did you carry your baggage in here since we believed said they that all promises made to us would be kept it was to me that leif loaned the house says she and not to you whereupon helgi exclaimed we brothers cannot hope to rival thee in wrong dealing they thereupon carried their baggage forth and built a hut above the sea on the bank of the lake and put all in order about it while freydis caused wood to be felled with which to load her ship the winter now set in and the brothers suggested that they should amuse themselves by playing games this they did for a while until the folk began to disagree when dissensions arose between them and the games came to an end and the visits between the houses ceased and thus it continued far into the winter one morning early freydis arose from her bed and dressed herself but did not put on her shoes and stockings a heavy dew had fallen and she took her husband's cloak and wrapped it about her and then walked to the brother's house and up to the door which had been only partly closed by one of the men who had gone out a short time before she pushed the door open and stood silently in the doorway for a time finbogi who was lying on the innermost side of the room was awake and said what dost thou wish here freydis she answers i wish thee to rise and go out with me for i would speak with thee he did so and they walked to a tree which lay close by the wall of the house and seated themselves upon it how art thou pleased here says she he answered i am well pleased with the fruitfulness of the land but i am ill content with the breach which has come between us for methinks there has been no cause for it it is even as thou sayest said she and so it seems to me but my errand to thee is that i wish to exchange ships with you brothers for that ye have a larger ship than i and i wish to depart from here to this i must accede said he if it is thy pleasure therewith they parted and she returned home and finbogi to his bed she climbed up into bed and awakened torvard with her cold feet and he asked her why she was so cold and wet she answered with great passion i have been to the brothers said she to try to buy their ship for i wish to have a larger vessel but they received my overtures so ill that they struck me and handled me very roughly what time thou poor wretch will neither avenge my shame nor thy own and i find perforce that i am no longer in greenland moreover i shall part from thee unless thou wreakest vengeance for this and now he could stand her taunts no longer and ordered the men to rise at once and take their weapons and this they did and they then proceeded directly to the house of the brothers and entered it while the folk were asleep and seized and bound them and led each one out when he was bound and as they came out freydis caused each one to be slain in this wise all of the men were put to death and only the women were left and these no one would kill 
at this freydis exclaimed hand me an axe this was done and she fell upon the five women and left them dead they returned home after this dreadful deed and it was very evident that freydis was well content with her work she addressed her companion saying if it be ordained for us to come again to greenland i shall contrive the death of any man who shall speak of these events we must give it out that we left them living here when we came away early in the spring they equipped a ship which had belonged to the brothers and freighted it with all of the products of the land which they could obtain and which the ship would carry then they put out to sea and after a prosperous voyage arrived with their ship in ericsfirth early in the summer karlsefni was there with his ship all ready to sail and was awaiting a fair wind and people say that a ship richer laden than that which he commanded never left greenland concerning freydis freydis now went to her home since it had remained unharmed during her absence she bestowed liberal gifts upon all her companions for she was anxious to screen her guilt she now established herself at her home but her companions were not all so close-mouthed concerning their misdeeds and wickedness that rumours did not get abroad at last these finally reached her brother leif and he thought it a most shameful story he thereupon took three of the men who had been of freydis's party and forced them all at the same time to a confession of the affair and their stories entirely agreed i have no heart says leif to punish my sister freydis as she deserves but this i predict of them that there is little prosperity in store for their offspring hence it came to pass that no one from that time forward thought them worthy of aught but evil it now remains to take up the story from the time when karlsefni made his ship ready and sailed out to sea he had a successful voyage and arrived in norway safe and sound he remained there during the winter and sold his wares and both he and his wife were received with great favour by the most distinguished men of norway the following spring he put his ship in order for the voyage to iceland and when all his preparations had been made and his ship was lying at the wharf awaiting favourable winds there came to him a southerner a native of bremen in the saxon land who wished to buy his house neat i do not wish to sell it said he i will give the half of a mork in gold for it says the southerner this karlsefni thought a good offer and accordingly closed the bargain the southerner went his way with the house neat and karlsefni knew not what it was but it was mosur come from wineland karlsefni sailed away and arrived with his ship in the north of iceland in skagafirth his vessel was beached there during the winter and in the spring he bought glambierland and made his home there and dwelt there as long as he lived and was a man of the greatest prominence from him and his wife gudrid a numerous and goodly lineage is descended after karlsefni's death gudrid together with her son snorri who was born in wineland took charge of the farmstead and when snorri was married gudrid went abroad and made a pilgrimage to the south after which she returned again to the home of her son snorri who had caused a church to be built at glambir gudrid then took the veil and became an anchorite and lived there the rest of her days snorri had a son named torgeir who was the father of ingveld the mother of bishop brand halfred was the name of the daughter of snorri karlsefni's son she was the mother of runolf bishop torlok's father 
bjorn was the name of another son of karlsefni and gudrid he was the father of torun the mother of bishop bjorn many men are descended from karlsefni and he has been blessed with a numerous and famous posterity and of all men karlsefni has given the most exact accounts of all these voyages of which something has now been recounted End of part three. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. End of the Saga of the Greenlanders, author unknown. Translated by Arthur Middleton Reeves, 1856 to 1891.